It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. Live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or visit my, uh, or... <coughs> Well, give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by our new 24-hour, seven-day-a-week uh, TV channel. That's right. Check it out. Sign up today, GinecoUSA.com. You can catch it on Roku and all the other major streaming devices. Um, they've upgraded because of all the, uh, uh, I guess, traffic. Uh, so now you got to add a code. Uh, reseller code is Billy C. So uh, sign up today, and I'll start watching uh, the show 24-7. And it's not just this show. It's, um, you know, some other things that we've done uh, in the past, too. So I, I think you're going to like it. Um, and finally, today's show is being brought to us in part, of course, by my book. Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're uh, watching this show. That's right. While you're watching this very show, you can get a copy uh, by visiting barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Uh, if you want a signed copy, just drop me an email, billy at talking boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N. B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. A bunch of stuff I wanted to uh, talk about uh, today, but uh, uh, in any event, um, you know, uh, we uh, want to talk about the Canelo Alvarez um, and the uh, Daniel Jacobs fight, Uh, post-fight thoughts on that, as you know. Uh, we were live uh, in Las Vegas for that fight. And uh, if you didn't catch our show, uh, it was really cool. You should uh, go back and uh, check it out uh, because uh, uh, it was uh, it was a good one. We got to, had some great uh, interviews with Oscar De La Hoya uh, as well as uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Ryan Garcia. Uh, who else came by? Um, uh, ah. Uh, some others too. And I got to meet Roberto Duran. Uh, I, you know, even I, I was talking to uh, Adam Kowznaki uh, at the uh, at the end of uh, uh, the fight, the Canelo fight. But uh, anyway, um, before we get started, I'd like to uh, uh, give our prayers and condolences uh, to uh, a couple of uh, uh, people in the sport of boxing. Uh, first and foremost, uh, a, a, a good friend of mine, uh, and everybody knows him, beloved Harold Letterman, uh, passed away uh, yesterday. Uh, it was announced uh, during the fights. We're going to get to that, uh, but uh, 
my prayers and condolences go out to the uh, Letterman family. I knew Harold uh, personally. Uh, we traveled a couple of times together. Uh, great guy. Funny as hell, too. And, man, did he know his boxing. And also, uh, Burt Cooper, smoking Burt Cooper, had passed away uh, uh, the day before. Uh, so our uh, prayers and condolences uh, go out to the friends and family uh, of Burt Cooper. So everyone here uh, in the Billy C. family uh, really uh, uh, feeling it today for uh, Harold Letterman and, and Burt Cooper. Uh, coming up in a little bit, we got, uh, we'll got we be talking about the Canelo-Jacobs post-fight. We got the uh, predictions, uh, breakdowns and predictions for Deontay Wilder against Dominic Brazil. Uh, that fight is taking place next week. I'll also get uh, uh, give you my thoughts on uh, um, on the uh, announcement that uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, is going to be taking on uh, Keith Thurman, uh, which is uh, you know I, I, it's a good fight, a uh, real good fight. I'm not sure why um, you know uh, he would be uh, fighting. Uh, him right uh, right now I, I really didn't think that uh, um, he should have uh, taken that fight I, I mean it's just my thoughts but uh, in any event um, we're going to try to get uh, my man uh, Sal uh, on the phone and get his uh, thoughts on uh, uh, Officer Sal. yeah I, I'm, I got the the, uh, the wrong uh, phone number here uh, for Sal, uh, so we'll have to uh, uh, wait a minute there. But in any event, uh, some other things that took place uh, this past weekend, uh, which I'd like to talk about are the fights that uh, took place uh, yesterday. You know, we had um, uh, we had uh, some decent uh, fights that uh, actually there were some great fights, uh, in my opinion, uh, that took place last night, and. Um, you know, one of them was, uh, uh, one of them was, uh, just bear with me here. I'm going to try to uh, uh, get uh, get uh, Sal here on the line. Uh, but anyway, one of the fights yesterday, uh, J-Rock Williams against Jared Hurd. What an action-packed fight uh, that was. So uh, uh, we will uh, talk about that. And how, how about the robbery uh, let me see if Sal's on the line. No, we're uh, we're trying to get him. Uh, we'll see if he's on the line right now. I think he might be. Sal, are you there? I am here, Billy C. Sal, great to hear you. Uh, listen, I know uh, you watched, and you and I were communicating a lot. We want to talk about the uh, Canelo Jacobs fight. What was your thoughts on that fight, my man? Well, I'll tell you what. It was uh, as we went through the details of round by round through text and comments and Billy I'll tell you what I, I think it's going to be a memorable fight years from now because it's going to be the signature fight that Canelo is really coming into his own as a world beater and a beast I mean I got to give the guy his just due you and I have witnessed uh, his evolution from the time he lost his first fight against Floyd Mayweather I'll tell you what if you put those two in the ring today Floyd doesn't make it past the sixth round uh, no, no doubt. Um, you don't see Floyd um, talking uh, really uh, about fighting anybody, to be honest with you. No, no, no. But I, I'll tell you that 
you know I wanted Daniel Jacobs to win. I might have been even a little biased in my scoring. But, you know, at the end, I thought he was going to catch him with maybe a two-three punch combo that would really put the fight around. But it didn't happen. And I'll tell you what, because Canelo, as I said, he's not the same fighter you and I saw six years ago at the at the uh, brewery pub in Florida when he fought Floyd. This guy has put the blinders on. He's evolved. He's grown. He's challenged himself. And he, he is exactly what you and I profess we want to see more of, a fighter that is challenging himself, a fighter that's improving. And, you know, I, that's what I'm saying. Yes, I am a Canelo fan aside from tainted beef. <laughs> you know, they were uh, they were asking um... – they were asking him about that. I was telling you, it was uh, it was a joke. Um, did you see anything? It was a joke that they asked him, and he was funny about it. Did you see anything, any improvements with Canelo? Because when I had talked to uh, Oscar De La Hoya, he told me um, that he was going to see, that we were going to see a different Canelo in the ring. I didn't really see a different Canelo in the ring. I've seen, uh, like you suggest, he's evolved uh, into one of the top fighters, of course. I mean, he's been getting the, the accolades as one of the top fighters, uh, but I, I think he's truly evolved into one. But to be honest with you, I've, I, I've seen him evolve into a cautious fighter. He punches and, and lands shots uh, in, in spurts. I would have liked to have seen him come out a little more aggressive. And then, like I talked to you, Sal, I thought Daniel Jacobs should have been a little more aggressive. You are right on all accounts, my friend. And uh, Daniel Jacobs, like I said, he looked like he was just a few explosive moments away from unleashing a three-punch combination that would have turned the fight around. Uh, he didn't pull that trigger for whatever reason. And Canelo was Canelo. I mean, he, he has the ability to kind of steal those last couple of rounds he needed. And, uh, and he did so convincingly with, it, I guess, his being somewhat... Uh, pressure, pressure related, and, and giving uh, giving uh, Jacobs all the um, you know pressure he could take at the time. Like I said, I just thought that Jacobs might come around with a three punch combination, explosive, and turn the fight around. It never happened. It looked like it could happen, but it wasn't in the quiver that night. But uh, we'll see some great things from Jacobs, and we'll see some greater things from Canelo. I think. You know, I scored the fight one fifteen one thirteen. Uh, being live there, uh, two of the judges saw it the same. One had it 116-112. How did you score it, Sal? I scored it 115-113, 116-112. You, score, you, you scored it just like the judges, basically. Well, I kind of did. I watched it over again, and, and, and I just looked at it. And, and you know, like I said, it, it, it really, as biased as I could be, for Daniel Jacobs, I just just couldn't give him. I had a couple of rounds as draws, but uh, you know, I, I wound up uh, giving them to uh, I guess Canelo. Um, and yeah, it was it was it was pretty much just like the judges saw. You know, um, I I, I was leaning. I, I I was hoping Daniel Jacobs would win, but I got to be honest with you, Sal. And it's no secret that I'm not a big fan of his. Uh, but I think that Danny Jacobs, I know he's a loyal guy, a uh, God-fearing man. It's great with the relationship he has with his son. 
but I think it's time for him to get a new trainer. I, I don't think Andre Rozier is doing much for him. And and quite frankly, um, on the undercard in that fight, Saddam Ali, which is also, he's also trained by Andre Rozier. Uh, once again, Andre Rozier almost got him killed. The fight should have been stopped. What's your thoughts on uh, Daniel Jacobs possibly getting a different trainer? I think he should, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Rozier, I, I, I give him credit, but you know what? Unfortunately, gone are the days when you'll see an Angelo Dundee in the corner saying, hey, man, you're blowing it, babe. you got to go out there and make some things happen. You know, that's the kind of things that we need from trainers. You can't have a trainer say, okay, you got to do this. you got to do that. Take him with the jab, follow up here, do this. Yes, that's great, but guess what? You need the kind of motivational trainer in the corner saying, hey, babe, you're blowing this fight. You can win these last three rounds. I want you to go out there and think about it. There is no tomorrow. you got to put it on now. You know, you need a, a trainer's got to be a complete corner man you trust, you believe in, you have confidence in. And, and he, he, yes, you could look at a trainer. He points out what you need to do. But you also need a motivational kind of guy that's going to say, hey, this fight is not yours. You, you've got to knock this guy out. And, you know, I, I really believe in that. You know, the thing is, Sal, is, you know, I, I, I said uh, on a show previously that maybe I was, you know, being too hard on, on uh, Rozier. You know, uh, I, you know, the way he acts in the corner, um, I, I said, okay, maybe all the training is taken. I've never witnessed a training session. Maybe all the training is taking place in the gym where it should be, and he just tries to keep his fighter, uh, you know, sticking to the game plan during the fight, which is uh, a good thing. But what I see during the fights are no adjustments. I, I see this guy maintaining to a fault whatever the game plan is. I mean, it's always good to have a game plan, Sal. You know that. But when push comes to shove, you got to throw that game plan out the window sometimes and go to plan B or even plan C. There's where I think this guy is lacking. You are, again, 100% right across the board. You know, you go in, you, you, have, you know your opponent, you know the game plan you want to uh, see happen, and if that doesn't work, you know you need a plan B. And if that doesn't work, you got to throw caution to the wind and just be a freaking animal and uh, uh, do what you got to do. Because you're losing a fight, like 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 not to take movie into world and world in the movie, but like uh, like uh, Apollo Creed said to Rocky on the feet, there is no tomorrow. <laughs> it isn't. You're out there now. You're putting it all on the line. And you're living for the moment, and you've got to do something to make things happen. You're, I couldn't agree with you more. Hey, uh, before we let you go, did you uh, catch any of the fights last night? No, but I heard there was a slew of good fights and some upsets, some some good things that, that happened, and I'm going to catch them today maybe. I and Hey, you know what? I couldn't believe it, Billy C. I, you know, you and I were talking a couple weeks ago about what the hell is Manny Pacquiao going to do. Well, look what he's gonna do. He's gonna fight. He's gonna fight. Uh, uh, Keith Thurman. Keith. Keith. Uh, Keith Thurman. Uh, Thurman. Keith. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know. I, I'll tell you what. That's a good fight for him. I mean, there's not too many other fighters out there for him, but I think at the welterweight level, Manny Pacquiao has another good fight for him. And you know what? He beat Keith Thurman. So on, so on. I think. I think he'll. They'll put too much pressure on Thurman, and Thurman will fold. Yeah, you know, the point is, though, and we're going to talk about that later, but the point is, is that 
he doesn't have to fight Keith Thurman. I, I, I tell you something. This proves a lot in my I, – I, I had him anyway uh, higher up on my all-time great list, even though he's not done yet, than Floyd Mayweather. And this is, is proof why. You know, this is a guy that continues to seek out the toughest competition, something Floyd hasn't done in a decade. Uh, well, by name, Floyd has. But uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao, uh, to be honest with you, it's an extremely dangerous fight for him. Keith Thurman, as much as I feel he's, uh, you know, faded, he's still a young fighter. He's still got uh, great boxing skill. He can move. It's going to be a tough fight for Manny Pacquiao. But Manny Pacquiao truly challenges himself, Sal. Absolutely, and I'll tell you why. He challenges himself. Again, he's evolved as a complete fighter. I I disagreed with his jumping in weight classes because he's only a, a small guy that, that tries to fight big, and, and I credit him for that. But, uh, you know, you you know, like Clint Eastwood would say, a man's got to know his limitations. Um, I think he's one of the greatest, and he challenges himself. And, you know, he's a, he's a world beater, just like uh, some of the good fighters we have. So... It's all good. No doubt. Hey, Sal, we appreciate you taking time with us this morning, and uh, hopefully we can uh, get you on again next week. And uh, you yes. sound great today, Sal, and uh, uh, I hope you uh, have a great day, and uh, we'll talk later, brother. Hey, Bray, I, I miss you. I miss you. I love you guys. I just want to say to the boxing community out there, I love you all. Thank you so much for keeping me in your prayers, thoughts, and, and well wishes. And uh, I'm fighting the fight, and I'm going to knock this bastard out. The other thing is this. You know, the boxing community has rallied so well behind me. Uh, Rod Riccardi has been really a great catalyst. He's had Michael Moore. He's had, uh, he's had Ray Mercer, Bobby Chez. All these guys have called me on and on every week just to check on me. They all say they're in my corner, and I love them all for that. And I love you, Billy. I love all the boxing community out there. And, guys, keep on punching because that's how you win fights. Don't let up, Sal. Don't let up. Forget about it. <laughs> Sal, I'll talk to you later, brother. All right. Take care, buddy. Have a good day. You Bye -bye. too. It's my man, Sal Rocky Senecola. Um, sounding great. Sounding great. We're going to uh, try and get his uh, uh, camera set up. But uh, uh, my man, uh, Sal, uh, definitely uh, keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, he's, uh, he's vowed to, uh, to win this fight. And if anyone can, Sal certainly can. A couple of fight uh, results from yesterday. Uh, Julian J-Rock Williams beats uh, Jared Hurd in a fantastic fight. I mean, we had a couple of great fights on last night. Um, this one was nonstop action uh, at the end of the fight. Uh, two scores of 115-112. Uh, uh, one judge had it 116-111 uh, to give Williams the win. And... Uh, a unified uh, junior middleweight championship. Um, here, here's my thoughts. I, I think that Jared Hurd, no disrespect to him, uh, but Jared Hurd is a fighter. It reminds me a lot of George Foreman's style uh, where he plods in and, and people land punches on him and then all of a sudden he just destroys you uh, in the second half of the fight. Uh, J-Rock knew this and took advantage, took the first few rounds that were given to him, and they, they proved to be uh, important. The other thing that I noticed in this fight was that uh, Jared Hurd isn't invincible, uh, was rocked several times, was dropped in this fight uh, by uh, J-Rock, and uh, ultimately went on to lose this fight. I got to be honest with you, I was extremely nervous that they were going to rob 
uh, Julian Williams in this fight. The PBC has a tendency to do that, as we saw with uh, the uh, undercard with uh, Matt Korobov uh, taking on uh, Emmanuel Aleem. Uh, I thought that uh, Matt Korobov won this fight hands down. They announced the scores uh, initially as, um, uh, what were they, 96-95, uh, 97, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, one had it 96-95 and one had it 97-93, uh, both for Korobov, and the last judge had it even at 95-95. So initially, the fight was ruled a majority uh, decision win uh, for Matt Korobov. But wait, uh, you remember, this is a PBC fight, and Aleem is the PBC fighter, uh, so they uh, went back to the uh, adding machine and found, oh, no, the uh, announcer made a mistake. Uh, he announced the score of 96-95 incorrectly. Uh, it was actually 95-95. Therefore, the fight was ruled a draw. Um, sickening. Because even 96-95 was a bad score. Matt Karabov owned this fight. At the least, it was 97-93. And uh, to tell you the truth, it could have been more one-sided than that. It was a total robbery, in my opinion. Uh, Matt Karabov uh, uh, beat Aleem. Aleem had nothing. He had slaps. Uh, He wasn't accurate with his punches. Uh, he took a lot of shots. The body work alone. Uh, are these judges uh, scoring body shots? Because I'm not so sure they are. I'm not so sure they are. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, and also uh, uh, Mario Barrios and scored a second-round knockout over Juan Jose Velasco uh, to improve to 24-0. and 0. Uh, Also, uh, we had uh, some other fights that uh, took place. Uh, that uh, I don't seem to have in front of me, but uh, but they were good ones. I will tell you this: the one over on uh, uh, HBO, uh, Miguel uh, Merch, uh, Burchant, uh won again uh, over uh, Vargas. This time via uh, a knockout. But uh, back to um, uh, back to the uh, J Rock Williams fight. Uh, my thoughts on this was that um, Jared Hurd. Uh, you know, I, I think as we, first of all, he's the biggest junior middleweight. Every time I see him in the ring, I forget that he's 154 pounder. Um, here's the thing. Let's be real about Jared Hurd. He really, if, if you look at his skill set, what did he do well? If you take out the fact that he takes punches and then throws a lot of punches, um, he doesn't slip any. He doesn't have really great footwork. He can cut the ring off because he's learned to to corner his opponent. But J-Rock did his research. J-Rock did his homework. J-Rock watched a lot of tape because what he did was beat uh, Jared Hurd at his own game. Fought him inside. The uppercuts were landing. You know, it's funny. Uh, they were talking about uh, that Jared Hurd was, should be looking for uppercuts. Uh, they said that uh, uh, J-Rock would be susceptible to uppercuts. And um, it was Williams who was landing the uppercuts. Uh, it was a fantastic fight. Uh, I loved that. And I loved the Burchamp fight uh, as well. They were both uh, action-packed. And the Korobov fight was, uh, was action-packed uh, as well. No question about that. 
Um, just some other uh, post-fight. We're going to get Dax and Alex on to talk uh, a little more about the Canelo Jacobs. It was a great event. Again, I wanted to thank uh, uh, Golden Boy and uh, The Zone for having us, and of course MGM. Um, you know, it was a great card. There was some good fights on that card. Uh, if you didn't see it, John Ryder uh, knocked out uh, Miguel Agaway uh, in dramatic fashion uh, in the second, I'm sorry, third round, two minutes and 12 seconds. Uh, what a great fight that was. A big upset also was in the fight with Saddam Ali. This is where I started saying to myself, uh, you know, Andre Rozier is just terrible, and he's going to get his fight, fighters killed. Saddam Ali is not the same fighter. He needs to retire. This guy's lethargic in the ring. Something's not right. Uh, takes way too many punches. No disrespect to Anthony Young. Uh, he came out and just laid it on uh, Saddam Ali and uh, stopped him at 2 minutes and 38 seconds uh, of the third round. Um, the fight that I felt was a, a, a robbery was Lamont Roach, uh, Jr., uh, he uh, actually won a decision uh, to improve to 19-0-1 with seven knockouts over the, over the veteran Jonathan Aquendo, uh, who dropped to 30 wins and six losses. I, f I thought Aquendo won this fight. Uh, I thought he landed the cleaner punches and more of them. It would be interesting to see the punch stats, even though I don't really like to go by them. Uh, would be interested to see it. But the fighter, Jojo Diaz, won. Uh, destroyed uh, Freddie Francesca. Uh, but the fight that really impressed me, and Dax was telling me the whole time, uh, keep an eye on Virgil Ortiz, keep an eye on Virgil Ortiz, keep an eye on Virgil Ortiz. And I did. I kept an eye on him. And uh, Dax was 100% right. Uh, 20 seconds into the third round, uh, Virgil Ortiz knocked out Mauricio Herrera. Now, that, that you know, people, look, people that don't know boxing would look at Mauricio uh, Mauricio Herrera's uh, record, 24 wins, 8 losses going into this fight and said to them, would say, oh, this is going to be nothing. That's not true. Herrera never uh, gets beat up as bad. He was beaten up by Virgil Ortiz. Uh, great fight uh, for uh, Virgil. I, I look forward to seeing uh, more of him. We'll talk more about uh, uh, Danny Jacobs and, and Canelo. Uh, also, some other things. I got a bunch of emails to read a little bit later. Uh, but Manny Pacquiao against Keith Thurman set for July 20th. Um, I, I, like I said, you know, I, Manny Pacquiao doesn't have to fight uh, Keith Thurman. I, you know, what is, what's left for Manny Pacquiao to prove? It's not like he's got to prove anything. You know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is he's done everything and then some uh, in, in the sport of boxing. So, um, you know, the truth of the matter uh, is uh, should he beat Keith Thurman? And, 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 and I agree with Sal. I think he's got a really good chance of beating Keith Thurman. Um, I, I don't think Keith Thurman is going to be able to handle his, uh, uh, his, his punching power from the angles at which he throws. You know, Keith Thurman has got some pop himself. Uh, but in the last couple of fights, he's been rocked. And, uh, you know, against guys like uh, Josito Lopez, who rocked him, and who thought? Who I thought, uh, you know, sh maybe even uh, should have pulled out a draw in that fight. Um, Manny Pacquiao is no Josito Lopez, even at pushing forty. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, even losing a step, uh, is going to be throwing punches. Uh, Keith Thurman's in trouble. Keith Thurman. It, what what this fight's going to boil down to is if Manny Pacquiao um, can can catch him. 
And I think Manny Pacquiao got a lot of experience chasing fighters around, specifically recently against Floyd Mayweather. Um, I think that he he will have to chase Keith Thurman down. Um, you know, I, I, Keith Thurman was never in a ring with him before, so uh, you know, you know, the question will be: Can Keith Thurman catch him? Either coming in or counter punching him. Uh, if uh, if Manny doesn't get out of the way in time, I, I'm interested in this fight. I really am. Uh, so uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about that. Listen, uh, we're going to uh, take a short break, and when I come back, uh, we're scheduled to have Dax Khan join us. Don't go anywhere. Billy will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Hey, don't forget about our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week television channel, the uh, Billy C. Boxing Network. You can catch it on uh, all the major streaming uh, services like uh, Roku, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just go to GinecoUSA.com and sign up. Uh, it's growing. Uh, so now they have a code you got to enter. Just enter Billy C. for the reseller code. Uh, when you uh, when you sign up, so uh, sign up today uh, for the Billy C Boxing uh, channel. Uh, joining us right now uh, is my man uh, uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Morning, Billy C. How you doing? Yeah, I was doing good till I got up at five o'clock this morning due to the downpouring rain. Yeah, we we uh, we got some too. Um, but uh, it was nice yesterday. Hey, it was nice. It was it was in time for me to cut the lawn. You know, which uh, it's, it's a drag. But all right, we got a lot to talk about. So let's get going. First and foremost, Canelo versus Jacobs post fight thoughts. You had a week to let it uh, sink in. What's your thoughts on, on the outcome of the fight? Did you see any pros from Canelo? Uh, Oscar had told us uh, you're going to see a different Canelo. I'm not so sure we did. And what about Jacobs? Did uh, I kind of think he needs to change his trainer, man. I mean, what's your, what's your whole thoughts? I think the improvement with Canelo was his, um, his footwork. He was, um, you know, he moved around more. Um, he, he looked fast on his feet. Um, that, you know, that was the biggest improvement in him. Uh, you know, Danny Jacobs, I think the fight was his to lose. Um, you know, when he did use his jab and he did let his hands go and land those combinations, he was successful, but he only seemed to do that in spurts. Uh, those close rounds where both guys were doing not much, Canelo was the one who was setting the pace, actually. He was, you know, had to fight at the tempo, which, uh, you know, suited him better. And that's why I think those close rounds went in his favor. Whoever's able to set the tempo and keep the fight, you know, in how they want it to be. Of course, that's who you have to give the edge to. And I agree. Danny Jacobs might need to find himself a new trainer because there should have been, um, you know, some sort of uh, adjustment in that fight. There should have been, as you stated earlier, a plan B or a plan C, you know, if needed. And it just didn't seem to happen. You're right. Um, even um, those times when Danny Jacobs, I believe, was the eighth round, he rocked Canelo. Uh, maybe it didn't seem that way on the stream because I rewatched it, but when you're there, 
And you see him when he landed them two big right hands. He rocked Canelo, and he didn't seem to follow up on that for whatever reason. So, you know, I'm I'm not really sure what um, you know, what what the new Danny Jacobs is, you know was all about. Do you think that he was uh, Danny Jacobs? That is. Do you think he was fighting overly cautious? Because I agree with you. He did seem to land some solid, solid punches on Canelo and never followed up. I mean, uh, he, he I I said earlier he didn't go to a Plan B, which he didn't. Um, but uh, but but he didn't follow up either. He he didn't. It's almost like he didn't see what everyone else saw. No, he did that with um, Slewecki and uh, Derevchenko too. He didn't follow up when he had both those guys hurt. You think he's just fighting too cautious, like like he's trying to stick with the plan, stay calm. I mean, because you know that's that's usually the line you hear from from a trainer. You know, stay calm, don't get over anxious, don't make a mistake. Do you think that he was trying to fight the perfect fight? I think um, that that could be. You know, I just think he's become more of a boxer puncher, but, you know, he's uh, lost that. The old Danny Jacobs that we see when he got a guy hurt, that Danny Jacobs made sure he stayed hurt. He didn't let anybody off the hook. I mentioned that um, the week before the fight on, on uh, when we did our show, saying that, you know, we've seen that in both the Slewecki and the Revchenko fights. And we even seen that in the uh, Arias fight where Danny Jacobs was in control at the whole time. Not at any point in time did I remember Louis uh, Arias, uh, you know, coming on and hurting Danny Jacobs. And there was a lot of bad blood in that fight, but Danny Jacobs was happy just boxing him. So, you know, I... Not you know we don't know what happens in you know in their camp we, we know we're not there but uh, you know Danny Jacobs he's going to have to uh, become a little bit more aggressive again if he wants to stay you know among the top of this division you know he's definitely um, has the ability to do it it just doesn't seem that you know he has the uh, desire to knock guys out anymore I'm not really sure yeah I'm not sure either and you're right he he has the power to do it and uh, we saw him rock uh, Canelo a couple of times just jumping back to Canelo the one thing I was uh, surprised to see and I I agree with you that he seemed to, to move around more fluently. Um, but uh, but he didn't work the body. I thought that that would have been critical for Danny Jacobs because I knew to beat Danny Jacobs. I knew that Daniel Jacobs was going to move and try to get uh, Canelo to chase him around the ring, uh, which in a sense took place. But Canelo didn't seem to, to go in uh, as an all-out body attack, something that he he's, you know usually does. Do you think that was just a game plan for Danny, or is this a change we saw in Canelo? No, I just think that uh, Canelo knows how big Danny Jacobs is, and Danny Jacobs is physically big for a middleweight. Um, he's seen, you know, what happened with the uh, the Golovkin fight. That you know, Danny Jacobs, outside of that um, early uh, that knockdown, you know, was able to take uh, Triple G's best shots, and Triple G landed a lot harder shots on Jacobs than he did Canelo. So Canelo wasn't, um, you know, going in there, and he wasn't going to, you know, chance that, whether or not being worn down on the inside or, you know, getting caught with something big by standing there trying to trade with him. You know, so I think Canelo fought a smart fight. Um, why he didn't go to the body a little more, you know, Jacobs was moving a lot, and despite uh, Canelo's uh, improved footwork, that was more or less um, – defensive footwork rather than offensive footwork, you know, cutting off the ring in that, which I still think is, you know, is one of Canelo's hard, uh, biggest issues. Matter of fact, I believe we discussed that with Oscar uh, That's uh, on Thursday where he admitted that. You know, one last thing I want to ask you about the, that fight um, was, you know, Daniel Jacobs, the more I've thought about it and knowing and giving Danny all the credit that we have been over the last several months of his improvement and getting better, the, the power, the chin, all the things that we've talked about, it seemed like he was happy to be there. You know, you know what I mean. Like, 
like when a fighter gets this opportunity, we talked about the money he was getting, we talked about the deal he had, where it was kind of set up, kind of knowing that he wasn't going to come out on top in this fight, but, you know, don't worry, kid, we're gonna, you're going to make a lot of money by signing with us, etc., etc. Um, and, and, you know, the more I analyze the fight after the fact, the more it seems and could be a great explanation of why he didn't seem to go in for the kill, why he didn't seem to think that there was any kind of desperation that he was, you know, just going along to, to get to the final bell. It's like he was glad to be there. He was putting up a fight, but he wasn't there to win. What's your thoughts? Well, even though it didn't happen in this fight, you know, boxing, as we've seen last night, some guys... You know, you see certain guys get the benefit of the doubt or certain um, guys under certain promoters get the benefit of the doubt in certain locations so much. It's, you know, it's it's discouraging where, you know, a guy going into that fight is thinking to himself, okay, you know what? I'm going to get robbed on these cards unless I knock this guy out cold. And some guys you just can't knock out. Uh, You know, Canelo has an iron jaw. You know, that's an example. So who knows? And um, I'm not saying that's the reason why Jacobs lost. But, you know, it very well could be, you know, you go in there discouraged already. And so you're saying to yourself, why am I going to take, you know, a chance on uh, myself getting knocked out when I know that most likely I'm not going to knock this guy out and uh, the only chance I have of actually winning or getting a real fair shake on these cards is to knock this guy out. So, yeah, maybe I am just happy to be here to collect that check. Not saying that that's right, not saying that that's what happened, and not saying that uh, there was and there was any scoring controversy in this fight. It's just, you know, I'm sure that that has to, you know, when we see that eventually time and again, that has to happen. All right, let's jump to uh, last night's fights. First and foremost, uh Jarrett Hurd loses his title to K-Rock Williams. Um, loved the fight, Dax. I mean, I, I wish every fight was like that. What was your thoughts on the fight? You know, Julian Williams started out fast. Uh, everybody knows Jarrett Hurd starts out slow. If anything, Julian Williams was going to make sure that he uh, banked those early rounds convincingly. But, you know, um, yes, it was an all-action fight. Uh, Jarrett Hurd. He can't keep taking these punches like that. You know, that's that's going to shorten his career. And, you know, it's like those power punch, like a John Mugabe, let's say, the first time that that chin gets dented and he gets knocked out, it becomes an easy target for other uh, lesser fighters. And that could happen to Jared Hurd if he doesn't uh, change his style. Julian Williams was in better shape. Jared Hurd just did not seem really motivated and up for the fight. Um, maybe he was hoping that later on he was going to be able to wear Julian Williams down, but Julian Williams just came in better shape, in my opinion, and, and that's what won him the fight. He was in better shape. He was more motivated. I don't know if Jared Hurd overlooked him, uh, saying to himself, you know, if Charlo was able to beat him as easily, I'm better than Charlo, so it shouldn't be that hard for me. I'm not really sure. I, you know, Of course, I'd like to see a rematch no matter who wins because it was an action-packed fight. Maybe it'd be a different outcome. We'll have to see. You know, um, But rematch only tell us that. Or maybe just, you know what? Julian Williams has Jared Hurd's number. Jared Hurd, uh, in his last couple fights, has taken a lot of punishment before he gets that knockout. Yeah, his style. He may have outgrown the division, you know. Maybe he's really hurting himself getting down to 154. It could be. I just I just can't see how he even makes 154. He's humongous in there. And he was way bigger than J-Rock. So, um, but I, I think you're, you're on to something, Dax. I think I think that he, 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 uh, he took... Uh, Julian uh, Williams lightly. It just seemed like he was going through the motions and he figured he was going to win this fight. Um, One thing I I wanted to ask, you know, uh, Hurd seemed invincible until last night. 
And I don't mean just by the outcome. I'm talking about the knockdown. Because Williams hurt him several more times during that fight. Do you think that what you just stated uh, about a fighter that, that gets knocked out, do you think he's going to be more susceptible? Do you think fighters are going to be more willing to uh, to land harder shots? Because let's be real. Has he fought a, a power puncher prior to, to Julian Williams that can punch as hard as Williams? I mean, he has fought some good fighters, but they're not known for, for power punches like Lara. not a monster puncher you know let's uh let's be honest julian williams is not a monster puncher matter of fact uh, tony harrison is a bigger puncher than julian williams is you know one punch uh knockout guy and that might be the hardest puncher that he's he's um faced to date so you know who knows you know and again uh you know we've seen it happen with a lot of guys whether or not it's a tommy morrison or whether or not it was a john mugabe or whether or not it was a uh, david Izon. um you know the, the list goes on and on of really big punchers that once they're dented that you know uh sam peter is another example the heavyweight sam peter once you know once a guy gets dented you know once, once that uh that sweet spot more or less gets exposed it becomes easier to knock them out you know that's just human physics has that happened with jared heard i don't think so i just think that jared heard um Again, took this fight a little bit lightly, and I think he's having a hard time making that 154 pounds. And when a guy goes in there dehydrated like that, on top of the lack of motivation, of course, you know, they're going to uh, be more susceptible to those punches. And uh, draining weight, like, that takes a lot out of the body, as any fighter, you know, who even doesn't, who even isn't as big as uh as Jared Heard trying to get into a division so much lower, you know, will tell you that, you know, it, that's, that's only, you know, it's hard. You know, he has no fat really to lose, you know, so there's nothing really to burn off on him. It's not like he has excess blubber on him that he's just burning off water weight either. Well, maybe he shouldn't have went to Vegas uh, last week because he was, he was in Vegas. Maybe maybe that was a, a chain, a, 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 you know, a sign that he was uh, taking uh, Williams lightly. How about the Matt Korobov fight? I don't know about you, man, but I didn't even think that that fight was close, uh, let alone... Uh, be uh, a change to it to a draw um, I thought that that was a shame uh, to me at least it didn't happen with the uh, Heard Williams fight but you know it happens way too much with PBC fighters uh, I did not think that Aleem came close to winning that fight what was your thoughts no I think that um, at best you could have scored it 7-3 in favor of Korobov when I heard um, a majority decision I couldn't believe it. And then when they changed it to a draw, that was even more infuriating. If that was my fighter, I'd have filed a protest. You know, I like Korobov. He's at the tail end of his career. Um, you know, he did a lot better against um, Charlo than people expected. You know, his only uh, loss prior to that was against Andy Lee. And uh, he was pitching a shutout until Lee came up with that big, huge uh, left hand and, and uh, won that, a vacant WBO title. He has a win over uh, 168 pound, former 168-pound champion, Jose Uzukadagi. Um, but he's 36 years old. He knows all the tricks. He has underrated power. And last night, you know, what they did to him kind of, you know, sets his career back a little bit. Any chances of him getting another title shot soon? Um, you know, so uh, as for Aleem, you know, really, he didn't do that great into that fight. Uh, you know, at no point in time did was he able to turn things around and um, do anything to Korobov that Korobov, you know, was not expecting. I think, you know, Aleem got a gift decision, and maybe uh, he should rematch against Hugo Centeno Jr. because Aleem definitely isn't ready to go in there against any one of the uh, the top uh, middleweights in the division. You know, he um, he wouldn't have lasted as long as, you know, he wouldn't have lasted a distance like he did against Korobov last night. Don't be surprised if you don't see uh, a rematch card. 
uh, Cora Bavalim, and then of course uh, Heard uh, Williams. You know, I mean uh, that seems uh, like something they would do. Um, Manny Pacquiao fighting uh, Keith Thurman. It was announced for Ju- uh, July twentieth. Um, what's your thoughts, man? I mean, I, Manny Pacquiao. I give him a lot of credit, win, lose, or draw, whatever happens in this fight. I mean, at pushing 40 years old, um, he doesn't have to search uh, and and fight a guy like Keith Thurman. I think that whether he wins or not, Pacquiao gets more credit. And then Thurman, should he win, this is a lose-lose fight for Thurman. Because if he wins, that people are going to criticize him for fighting a washed-up older Manny, even though I don't think he's 100% washed up, but he's certainly not the same Manny Pacquiao of five, six years ago. No, he's not the same Pacquiao five, six years ago, but, you know, that's Manny Pacquiao. He'll fight anybody and always has fought anybody, win or lose. Um, as for Thurman, you know, what happened to the uh, the Keith Thurman, you know, who's forever calling himself on one time, beating his chest, when you got Terrence Crawford and you have Errol Spence Jr. out there and at any point in time, you could have made a fight with one of those guys. I don't think Keith Thurman really ha- uh, Keith Thurman really has that desire to get in there with either one of those guys. And I think that he's hoping that he can get a win over a you know faded Manny Pacquiao. And you're right, he's not completely faded, but a faded Manny Pacquiao, and that would more or less give him an excuse to be uh, the A side again, where his absence um, kind of Keith Thurman. You know, who was, you know, look at, looked at as the man of the division, you know, his absence and then his opponent choice when he came back is kind of uh, taken away from his luster. So a win over Manny Pacquiao would allow him to, you know, to set terms against a Crawford or a um, Errol Spence Jr. But right now, I think uh, Keith Herman has uh, lowered down in my book anyway. You know, he's dropped a few notches, not only in um, his uh, heart and desire to fight the best, but, you know, just how he goes about it. I just don't think he wants to fight the best anymore. You think he's an elite fighter? He is an elite fighter if he chooses to fight the best. But, you know, unless you're doing it, you can't remain an elite fighter. You know, uh, boxing is a what-have-you-done-lately sport. And lately, Keith Thurman hasn't done much. No, you're right. And I and I agree with, you know, what makes an elite fighter an elite fighter. Um, you know, of course, the skill set is, is, you know, a prereq. you got to have a skill set. So nobody would even be talking about a fighter unless they had the skill set. But then you have to fight the fights, and that's something that Keith Thurman uh, has not done of late. Um, next week, we got a big heavyweight fight. Uh, Tyson Fury going up against Dominic Brazil. How do you see this fight going, Dax? I mean, uh, you know, uh, Wilder is Wilder, and Brazil is Brazil. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Uh, uh, they're both the same age. They're both the same height. Uh, very similar uh, arm reach. Uh, how do you see the fight going, and what's your official prediction? Brazil gets hit too much, and he gets hit too easily, and he's going down too much, and Wilder hits like a freight train, so I think Wilder's going to knock him out. He's going to ha- have a few good rounds, and Wilder's going to knock him out. It's it's not really uh, intriguing. I don't believe there's any mystery or surprise there. You know, isn't Brazil kind of the perfect opponent for, for Wilder? He's stationary. He stands there. He's big. His hands, he doesn't keep his hands up a lot. Yes, he takes a punch. Yes, he could deliver a punch, but he doesn't have overwhelming power. I mean, this is the type of opponent that Wilder looks great against. Absolutely, and this is also an opponent where if Wilder can dispatch him quicker than Joshua, it kind of gives Wilder some bragging rights. Uh, You know, I'm not... 
you know, that whole thing is is. Uh, but but is, that, that's that. I know. That's I I know that. That's how they do it. I know how that's what he'll. I know that's what he'll say. But you you know as well as I, it means nothing. And speaking of uh, Anthony Joshua, uh, he will be fighting Andy Ruiz Jr. Uh, we talked a little about that in Vegas. Um, I, I think it's a very similar opponent than Jarrell Miller, except Jarrell Miller is a cheater. Uh, but uh, I, don't, I don't think anything really should have changed in <clears throat> Anthony Joshua's approach for Ruiz, except to be honest with you, Dax, I think Lu Ruiz is a better fighter than Jarrell Miller. What's your thoughts? I do think he's a better fighter than Jarrell Miller. And if you go back and you watch the Parker fight again, you can make a strong case that Andy Ruiz Jr. won that fight. And if maybe if it was in any other location, I think Andy Ruiz Jr. would have got the nod. Uh, Andy Ruiz Jr., you know, he's busier. He's more talented. Uh, he provides more angles. Um, he's in better shape than what he looks, definitely. So, um, you know, it's going to be a better fight with him against Anthony Joshua than the Jerome Miller against Anthony Joshua fight was, in my opinion. Hey, one last question I got for you. Um, and, and, and I gave you the accolades earlier, and you definitely called it when it, when it took place. Virgil Ortiz. Um, looked fantastic against a, a, a veteran like Mauricio Herrera. Where does he go from here? I mean, you know, he, he's got this, this punching power, 13-0 and 0 with 13 knockouts now. Um, he seems like he's headed in the right direction. Do you think that, uh, do you think that the win over Herrera is going to catapult him and maybe rush him a little too much, or is he ready for the big time? What's your overall thoughts of, of Virgil Ortiz Jr. now that you got to see him live? I told you, I like the kid. Um, he has kind of gotten shut out a little bit with the, um, the attention that like uh, Teofimo uh, Lopez has and uh, Ryan Garcia, but you know, the kid's definitely exciting. Where does he go next? I think right now they should just kind of sit back, watch the uh, World Boxing Super Series unfold, and then, you know, more or less start picking opponents from that division, you know, to work himself up to, uh, you know, uh, whoever wins that. You know, definitely I think uh, maybe like a Jose Sabata or uh, Troy Avansky or somebody else um, who's already lost in that uh, tournament would be a step for him, and then he'll slowly move himself up. The only thing we don't know about uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr. right now is if he can take a punch. If he can take a punch, and with the way he fights, then you know what? That division's in a lot of trouble. Um, one, one other thing I, I, I had talked uh, earlier, and I know you and I talked uh, about uh, uh, Andre Rozier and Daniel Jacobs, but his fight that you know he was in the corner of Saddam Ali when Saddam Ali fought Anthony Young on the undercard of Canelo Jacobs and Saddam Ali is not the same fighter I'm not saying that Saddam Ali was ever uh, uh you know a world beater or or a pound for pound top fighter but he was a quality fighter and um he he just doesn't seem to have it anymore he was hurt uh by Anthony Young and, and Andre Rozier let him fight let him continue and once again uh Ali got beat up and and the fight only went three rounds you know I, is he done does he too need another trainer uh, is andre rozier really to blame i mean what's your thoughts who knows all i know is that when i seen him the day of the weigh-in in the casino sitting next to the slot machine he didn't look like he was a motivated fighter then you know he looked like he was just happy to be there actually um he almost gave a vibe where he wasn't too happy to be there he had, uh, you know, he just absolutely did not seem like he was just into that fight at all. I think maybe he overlooked his opponent.
too much, thinking that uh, this was going to set him in line for bigger and better things. Instead, it set his career back. Yeah, no, I I, I saw his team uh, uh, in at MGM, and and uh, they seemed more jacked up than him. You're right. He's he. I just didn't. I didn't take it like that. I thought he was just trying to get mentally uh, prepared. Um, one last thing. One 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 more last thing. I've said that. <laughs> I've said that three times to you. But uh, I had a great time uh, in Vegas doing that in that uh, uh, media row. And I, I hope that we get to do that again. Um, now that it's sunk in and, and the whole, uh, you and I talked a lot about the concept with what DAZN and Golden Boy and, and uh, MGM were, were trying to plan. Um, and I thought it was a great concept. And I think that it, it could be very successful. Um, DAZN is, is uh, really strutting their stuff right now. I'm not so sure if it's ready for them to or if it's a little premature, but in a whole nut, you know, as a whole as the whole picture, so to speak, what's your thoughts? I thought it was, you know, you know I thought it was great. We had a great time. It was a great event. You had a lot of media there. And of course, um, you know, the more media you have there doing things like that, that actually takes a lot of the stress off of the promoter themselves because now they're allowing everybody else to market for them. You know, and that's going out to all their audiences on top of, you know, what they're already marketing. So, you know, that, that that's a, it was a brilliant uh, strategic plan. It didn't get as many uh, views as you expected the uh, the card to get. But, you know, you have to see what happens in the future. But, uh, again, you know, for the last time, yeah, it, it, it was a great event. And I think, you know, it was done well. And hopefully they do have more of them in the future. What kind of – I didn't hear any numbers. What kind of views did they get? I think it was only about 1.5 million or something like oh, that. Oh, that's okay. Well, that, that's 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 pretty good. That's uh, one point. I think I'm not sure. I, th I think I think that was the report. Well, 1.5 million means that there's 1.5 million at least subscribed to the zone. Yeah, but a lot of those people were going on there and getting that free month trial. Oh well, you you got to pay for the first month to get the free month. <laughs> so at least they got them for two months, one month at least, you know. But uh, no, you don't. You go in there, you get your free month first. Yeah, but they they if you without any uh without any um yeah yeah you get your free month first and then they charge you the second month. Oh well, then I'm wrong. Hey, that's cool. But uh, in any event, that's... oh, it's it's not it's not it's not cool when it's happening. You know, every fight, you know, every big fight, people are uh you know joining just to watch that big fight and then they're canceling these um the subscription. Then they're, you know doing it under another name. Yeah, well, eventually. Uh... You get a buddy doing it, and everybody just watches on you know the big screen TV. Well, they'll get they'll get a they'll get to a point where they don't have to do that, I would think. But uh, and uh, before we go, what about um, the, you know the news of uh, you know not only Howard Letterman but uh, uh, Burt Cooper. You know, I was under the impression for some reason I thought Burt Cooper was a lot older than fifty three years old. So did but, I. Uh, so did I. Know, there, there's a guy we always talk about, you know, boxing and records. You know, whether the record. Is the most you know? Can you judge a fighter by his record? You know, Burt Cooper, a guy that gave a lot of exciting fights. He fought a lot of big names. Um, he was a dangerous fighter. His problem was that he, at times, kept one foot in the street and one foot in the gym. So you know, he never really reached his potential. He was uh, one punch away from upsetting Evander Holyfield, the first guy to ever put Holyfield down. He fought Michael Moore, um, which was uh, the 1992 and 93 fight of the year by KO Magazine. Uh, he fought George Foreman. You know, he fought everybody. And um, I'm surprised there hasn't been you know more talk about his passing. 
Yeah, it it just happened, and there there has been uh, a lot of accolades given uh, for both he and uh, Harold Letterman. It's a shame that uh, that we lost him. I, I didn't even realize that uh, uh, Bert Cooper was sick. I wish there was more uh, news about that. But uh, hey, our uh, informed viewers and listeners are telling me that there is no more free trial for. Uh, uh, for the zone. So you, they used to do that, but they don't do it anymore. So that means that there's at least a million, if there was at least a million subscribers. So you and I were in a heavy discussion about that in Vegas and, you know, how the model could work, but uh, I guess they're on their way. Hey, how could it not work when, if, if all the big fights are going to be on that network, I just don't like those two bozos, uh, Barack or whatever those two guys are. I, to me, that's a joke. That, that ruins it. That makes it more less boxing, in my opinion. Well, even if um, I, I had people telling me that they had gotten the free month just to watch that fight, but even so, uh, the zone, if they want to expect to keep these subscribers, what they're going to have to do is they are going to have to uh, work some way into keeping people into uh, keep people into staying with the script subscription because. They can join, and let's say they're watching a fight like that or the uh, Anthony Joshua fight for 20 bucks. Really, what they just got was a $20 pay-per-view. Yeah, but you know what the, the, the key is, though, is as long as the zone keeps that up for every month, if they coordinate and schedule a big fight once a month, they're in because nobody's going to cancel if they're getting their $20. Like, just like you said, if they're getting pay-per-views for 20 bucks. But uh, anyway, Dax, appreciate the time, and uh, look forward to next week, brother. All right, everybody, enjoy the day. That's my man, Dax Khan. You can check him out up on BillyCBoxing.com. Listen, I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, Alex Papali joins us. Don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Hey, fight fans. Check out KOFantasyBoxing.com. KO Fantasy Boxing is boxing's only trademarked fantasy game. Check it out, www.KOFantasyBoxing.com. Select your own gym, your own fighters. Track them through a season that can last from three months to a year, depending upon which league you join. You got to check this out, man. www.kofantasyboxing.com. Join it today. Again, www.kofantasyboxing.com. And tell them Billy C sent you. Now back to Talking Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Hey, don't forget about our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week channel, the Billy C. Boxing Channel. Uh, just go to GinecoUSA.com. That's G-I-N-I-K-O-USA.com. Sign up. Watch us on all the major streaming like Roku, etc., etc. Uh, it's gotten so big that you need to put a code in there now, and it's Billy C. So joining me right now, 
straight from Vegas <laughs> is my man uh, Alex Papali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? Hey, you like the new technology? Now you get to see me. Yeah, look at that. You know, so uh, it's uh, it's different. I, I was seeing it with Dax, and I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on with the camera shots? Now I realize that you can, we can keep them both. So uh, uh, that's pretty cool because I know it's uh, – you never get to see me, you know, roll my eyes at things you say and stuff like that. But uh, uh, in any event, uh, let's talk about Canelo Jacobs post-fight thoughts. You've had a week to uh, uh, think about it and probably get some solid food in your system. But uh, uh, the <laughs> oh, did I say that? I'm sorry. Um, but uh, in any event, hey, I got news for you. For two days, I felt queasy. I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill Alex if uh, if I caught that. <laughs> But uh, in any event, uh, Canelo Alvarez, Daniel Jacobs, um, uh, post-fight thoughts, Alex. I tell you, I think that um, it was it was an inter it was it was a good fight. It was a, a competitive fight, but it was not a thrilling fight. It was certainly not like we saw last night. Last night was were uh, there were two examples of really uh, engaging, brutal fights. Um, those were more like what prize fighting. Um, you you expect from prize fighting what we got last night canelo jacobs was far more tactical but i think what it did do was show us you know in that constant uh thing nowadays that we're always looking for who's the pound for pound best it certainly put another feather in uh, canelo's cap and uh went a long way in proving that he is um probably I, I don't know unless you're somebody who insists that uh golovkin got the short end of the stick at least once um i think you saw canelo really exert his dominance i didn't think he was i thought he was gonna have a little bit uh, more difficult time with him uh i think the thing that was most amazing to me was uh how hard canelo um is to hit uh he is very elusive and this whole, all this talk about Mexican style, I think the whole thing of, uh, uh, in terms of that, the thing with Canelo is that that, word, that phrase is turned on its head. Um, Mexican style with Canelo means he can box, and he is slick. He is hard to hit. Watch that fourth round. Danny Jacobs can't touch him. Um, and he's all, it's all head movement. He is really impressive um, in his defensive abilities, he uh, is really he learned so much from fighting fighting Floyd Mayweather, I think, and that loss. And I think that's a great lesson for today's fighters is that uh, if you get a chance to fight the best, take it, because even if you lose, you're going to learn a lot. And he certainly has. You know, he I agree with you that he has become, uh, for all intent and purposes, a complete fighter. Uh, but jumping back, and we'll talk about last night's fights, but jumping back to a fight like last night, in my opinion, and maybe it's just me, the old thought process, the fights like we saw last night, uh, two of them actually, uh, were so action-packed and have you on the edge of your seat. To me, that's the style of boxing that the sport needs to continue to cultivate uh you know, diehard fans. I know you don't like the casual fan, Alex, but, you know, the diehard fan. And, you know, like when you watch a fight like Canelo and Jacobs and it's a tactical fight and, you know, we see, uh, you know, brilliance from Canelo's game plan and, and modification, although the, there were a lot of rounds that were close, 
you lean towards Canelo only because it seemed that he landed the harder shots or a couple of more. Daniel Jacobs never changed his game plan, and and he should have tried to make that fight a war. Um, I, like I said to Dax, it almost seemed like he was just happy to be there. Yeah, well, I think that that yeah that that I think because he realized I gave him the first round, Danny Jacobs, but then Canelo took over. Um, I thought he won it like um, it was like a. Uh, no more than a seven, I mean, no more than like an eight to four type victory. Um, but I think that that's the thing is uh, eight rounds to four. Um, but the idea that Jacobs won, no, no. And I think the thing that uh, Canelo does that's so impressive, and this is sort of Mayweather-esque, is he has this really efficient, um, brutal economy. He only land. He doesn't land a hell of a lot of punches and control every second of the round. He lands big, hard, meaningful, showy punches that by the end of the round you're like, well, the uh, Jacobs had a consistent attack throughout the whole round and like put pressure, but Canelo countered him with such beautiful shots. I think Canelo won the round because his shots were like more meaningful. Uh, I, I think that's that happened again and again. That's the thing that he's really good at. Um, and I think that that is that's could be a knock on him because sometimes it does lead to him being in close fights. And I think that, you know, um, uh, when you especially when there's not somebody being hurt. And that was the other thing was that Danny Jacobs could never hurt Canelo. And we shouldn't be shouldn't have been surprised because, of course, Canelo took uh, Golovkin's best. And Golovkin's a harder puncher than Danny Jacobs. You know, I, it's interesting uh, what you said because it seems to me that Canelo knew if it was a close fight, he would get the nod. Um, I, you know, like he knew he was going to get the nod. He knew that Jake. He, he knew that Jacobs had to knock him out twice to win the fight. Um, I scored rounds one, three, six, seven, and nine, all for Danny Jacobs. Um, the first round uh, was just a snoozer. It was just that feel-out round. I never, you know, it was pretty boring, but I thought Jacobs landed the, the more meaningful punches. The fight didn't even really start until the fourth uh, or fifth round, uh, but it, it ended up being six rounds to five, uh, in my opinion. Um, I, you know, I've been very critical of Andre Rozier, and I'll, I'll add to it like I have already today. He didn't make any adjustments for Daniel Jacobs. Daniel Jacobs stayed with the exact same game plan like they were winning every round or they already knew what the outcome was going to be and they accepted that mentally. Uh, that's what it seemed like to me. No one really got hurt. There were no cuts. Um, there was uh, no damage, no rock. Nobody was really hurt, like rocked. Um, it, it was a tactical fight that Canelo squeaked out. Yeah, and I think the thing that I was surprised with is um, Daniel Jacobs never really had a lot of sex, uh, success on the outside. Um, I thought he would, uh, and it wasn't that Canelo's um, uh, body punching took that game away. I think it was Canelo's elusiveness and Can uh, Canelo's head movement because there were so many times where Danny Jacobs was jabbing for him, but he was missing just from the head movement. So um, it's, it turned out, and maybe this was the adaptation that Rozier made, and it just never paid off, was they seemed, to, they seemed to want to fight 
Canelo in close more often. Uh, and then it got to the point where the best rounds, the most exciting, like bruising rounds were like the eighth, ninth and 10th, maybe. Um, and um, that was where Jacobs really did seem to uh, his corner. There were a couple times he came back from the corner like, did I win that round? Um, so he did. Um, he was getting concerned. And I think that's where he did mix it up with Canelo. But that didn't pay off. He, he really couldn't. None of the things that we thought would work for him, his his size, his um, his just larger frame, that didn't help in close. But he didn't and, use it. He didn't utilize yeah, it. It, it, it. Yeah, I, I don't think Canelo let him because there wasn't a lot of clinching. Canelo is, is he's slippery as an eel. And uh, I do think that uh, that's <laughs> the thing that's surprising. <laughs> He's really elusive. <laughs> <That's> good, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I just think, I just think that it could have been. I, I think Danny Jacobs, Canelo is the kind of fighter. And Oscar, when I interviewed Oscar, he said the same thing. He said we can get Daniel Jacobs to get into a dogfight with us, uh, and that's what we want. So it seemed yeah. like they wanted to yeah. exchange with Daniel Jacobs. Daniel Jacobs never got into the dogfight, never went in for the kill. And Canelo took what he was given. And, you know, he won a, a tactical fight. I just think that at some point, Daniel Jacobs should have said to himself, I need to win this fight. I need to do something different. And he never did. And, uh, you know, we don't know if it would have turned out to be a Jarrett Hurd, K-Rock Williams type of a fight. But I think it needed to be... Uh, instituted by uh, um, by by Daniel Jacobs, I, I thought that he needed to be the guy uh, to do that. Yeah, I think that's that's what I was sort of, uh, and especially you guys uh, talking to Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, you know, from days of Vegas past, you do um, imagine those kind of efforts and those kind of comebacks. And we didn't see that from Jacobs because you thought maybe in those 11th or 12th rounds, he would just let it all go. And, and, but I think that's, that's the, the skill of Canelo. If you do that, you're going to get knocked out because Canelo's that good. Remember, when guys come at him with abandon, that's when he takes them out. The guy, who, the most aggressive guy who came at him was one of the guys who most who got most brutalized by him, and that was James Kirkland. So I think that that's why guys, even Golovkin, um, his most banged up fights he ever had were the ones with Canelo, where he, um, you know, pressed him. So I, I don't know. I think that 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 could be the major reason why we didn't see Jacobs have a you know, Angelo Dundee esque, you're blowing it, son, you're blowing it, son, moment, because I think if you do against Canelo, you probably get whacked out. But if you're going to fight and you're going to hey, yeah, win. Hey, what the hell? No, but know? what I'm saying is if you're going to the fight to win, at some point during the fight, everything gets tossed out. The game plan gets tossed out. Now you have to make adjustments on the fly. This is where Andre Rozier is failing his fighter, Alex. He doesn't have the adjustments. He maintains the game plan that they came up with in the gym, and he and he keeps their fighter. He keeps his fighters level-headed. And uh, you know, Saddam Ali almost got killed twice. You know, doesn't stop the fight. Doesn't make the adjustments for for Daniel Jacobs. You know, and, and at the end of the day, you sit there and I I question myself. You know, especially in in an eight hour uh, 
uh, delay in Philadelphia, I started questioning myself, why would Daniel Jacobs, questioning them, why would Daniel Jacobs settle for just going in and going through 12 rounds and making it a close fight? You know, why didn't he go in there to win? He seemed, you know, quietly like like almost a Vander Holyfield-esque when he, when he was strolling down into the uh, meet Mike Tyson. When he was, I'll never forget that walk. He had this look of, of confidence, like he knew something nobody else did, and the rest is history. Daniel Jacobs had that persona. He kind of had that look and that attitude, but never delivered. I, I was disappointed. Listen, I picked Canelo. Yes, I'll admit I was hoping for a stoppage in the 11th round. I would have It would have been a very profitable uh, day for me. But um, the truth of the matter is, is that I was a little disappointed in Danny Jacobs. And quite honestly, um, I have to blame Rozier. I know I've been on record as saying I think he's a terrible trainer, but I think it really came to light in that fight. Yeah, I mean, that could be it could be a time for Danny Jacobs to uh, rethink things maybe going forward. It does sound like what Eddie Hearn has talked about um, is that he might move up um, to super middleweight. Uh, and I, I don't know, I think that um, I, I hope we get um, – Canelo uh, Golovkin three in the fall, but I'm not sure that that has um, been completely finalized. It's not the same fight anymore. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I think I I definitely favor Canelo. One, I think Canelo proved. I don't know. What, I'd, what, ra- I'd like about- to see. I'd like to see Triple G Jacobs, too. Really? Well. Yeah, see, I'd rather see Canelo versus Triple G. Well, that's because we're all longing for Canelo to win a real fight against Triple G. He hasn't, in my I opinion. I want to see him win a dominant. Fight. Right, right. He he had he didn't win either of those fights on my on my card. But but Triple G is fading. You know, you mentioned about Canelo. Canelo hurt Triple G to the body in both of the fights. And you know, you I would have thought that. He would have went in with a similar game plan against Daniel Jacobs. Now Daniel Jacobs can box better than uh, than Triple G. I, I think he's a better boxer, uh, but uh, but neither one of them. For I'm talking about Canelo and, and Danny Jacobs. Neither one of them uh, imposed their will on each other at the end of the day. That's what it, I thought. I think it, it, and that was the difference from what we saw last night. Is that they they uh, Canelo Jacobs remained a contest. Whereas um, last night we saw that line, and that's where prize fighting comes in, that line between like an athletic contest and something not for the squeamish um, gets blurred. Um, That's the thing about boxing. It's brutal. And what we saw last night, Jarrett Hurd for a while seemed like, wow, this guy has to sort of take an ass kicking before he comes on. It's almost like he's a 15-round fighter. But then as things went on, it was like, no, he's getting his ass kicked. Um, and that we never saw it be degenerate into a real fight, uh, Canelo versus Jacobs. It stayed strategic. And I was OK with that because the energy was fun uh, in, in the uh, in the hotel room. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> the. Uh, you know what I mean? That's the thing about our sport is the nights where it's brilliant is where it does become become something more than athletic contest and athletic competition. And both the fights with Golovkin have. 
and I, and especially after that weigh-in, Daniel Jacobs versus Canelo seemed like this might break into a fight, but it never really did break into a fight. The closest was maybe the ninth, tenth uh, round, eighth, ninth, and tenth. Yeah, watching a fight, you know, hanging over a bed with a garbage can nearby can uh, can definitely cause some issues. But talking about the fight from last night, I loved it. Um, it seems like Jared Hurd took uh, Williams lightly. We saw him in Las Vegas, um, you know, Jared Hurd, you know, a week before the fight, um, you know, and when he's fighting uh, last night, you know, he did his customary let his opponent get to him in the first couple of rounds, tire him out. But the difference was Williams dropped him. He clearly was hurt. He was shaking, trying to clear the cobwebs out of his head for most of the minute break. Uh, during the fight, I thought it was interesting when uh, Hurd's corner said, if you don't do something, I'm stopping this fight. You're taking way too many punches. And, and even the announcing uh, team was like, well, wow, that's kind of strange. You know, here you got the, the champion and, you, and as a trainer, you're, you're willing to stop the fight. But then again, that could also show you that a trainer sees there's something wrong with his fighter and is protecting his fighter, something that Rozier did not do and does not do. Uh, I'll never forget, you didn't see it <laughs> because of your seat uh, the night of the fight of Canelo, but when uh, Jacobs got into the ring, you know, Andre Rozier was bouncing around the ring like he was fighting. He was fist pumping the air, and he was waving to the to the crowd, and he was bouncing off the ropes like testing the ropes. And I'm saying, what does he think he's fighting? I mean, the guy he's just terrible, you know. And uh, last night we saw an action packed fight, and like I said earlier, if we saw fights like last night, both of them, the the, the Burlchant and uh, Vargas fight was just as exciting. You see fights like that. And you're going to see boxing uh, becoming popular uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean that was that last night was you know uh, uh, the '50s sort of Gillette Friday night fights type thing. Definitely, uh, definitely even good. Even though it was Saturday night. Um, yeah. And it is it is amazing. I think it's weird how there is so much boxing on now because um, I completely it's I knew that the Burchelt uh, Vargas. Uh, two rematch was coming up. I didn't realize it was last night. Um, so we had just finished watching the Fox fights, and then happily, I was like, "Oh, great! This is on last night." I saw somebody on uh, social media mentioned it when I jumped on, um, so I was able to catch the Burchelt Vargas fight. Uh, and yeah, you know, the same thing that happened last time happened again. But it was thrilling when we get there. Uh, he did it easy. Uh, Burchelt did it easier this time, quicker this time, but. Yeah, the J-Rock uh, herd fight, you got to feel so good for him. That victory, um, he was thrilled. It was a, a genuine upside, upset and one of the best fights of the year. And you're right. I do think that, um, I don't know, I like that moment. Like you said, there was a lot of complexity in that moment when Herd's corner said that because I like when a corner stops a fight. Um, because they're the, that's what they're there for, to protect their fighter. I think it also worked in that case because, in a way, it was telling Hurd, what the hell's going on? Uh, you're losing. Um, and he did sort of get it together after that. Um, but, uh, yeah, all credit to J-Rock Williams. That really was a feel-good victory. And maybe that maybe uh, Jared Hurd had a little uh, airplane stomach virus too because uh, <laughs> um, he really did not look himself at all. 
you know, um, the the truth of the matter is, is that when you uh, when you look at that fight, and you know, you see J Rock uh, uh, versus Jared Hurd, and I like Hurd, but I think the other obvious thing was that. J-Rock has better boxing skill. He was able to move and pivot on his feet. He worked uh, the body when he had the openings. He worked the head when he had the openings. His counter punches were there. The uppercut, he couldn't miss with that uppercut. And Jared Hurd is a plotter. He, he, he lets you tire himself, yourself out on him, and then he just opens up by throwing a lot of punches, and eventually some of them land and, and win. That's what I see in Jared Hurd. I don't see a skilled fighter. And Williams, although he's been caught before and has hit the canvas, he's he's got a loss on his record, uh, which, you know, whatever. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is that he seemed, uh, you know, like he was better skilled. And last night, he was clearly in better shape. He definitely was. And he um, had that uh, from the very go, uh, from the first bell, he was pressing the action. And I think that was the thing that uh, Heard was probably most unexpecting or not expecting was that he started like in second gear and Heard just seemed like trying to play catch up. And when he got hit with that temple shot, what was it, the second or third round when he had the knockdown? He really never bounced back from that. No, he was. Remember, he was shaking his head in in yes. between rounds and he clearly was 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 out of it still, you know. Yeah, I mean, credit to him for finishing, um, big, but uh, I, yeah, that was a learning experience. And he, I think he did say that that was his first time down as a pro. Yeah. Because um, even though the Lara fight was bruising, I don't think he was ever, he was never down. No. Um, what about the uh, Korobov fight? Talk I, about, I talk about, you one. didn't watch it? Uh, it was no. a robbery. It was 100% robbery. Really? Um, then they changed it. The typical PBC. First of all, the scores uh were, were a robbery and then they come back later and say oh we made a mistake it's actually a draw not a win for him you know and, and Korbov won the fight I hate boxing like that um you know it's like the zone I love the zone but I hate those two clowns boy with Barack and the, those 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 two guys are terrible and and you know the thing is is boxing's the type of sport that you got to be boxing. It's boxing. There's no let's mix it in with a little bit of uh, you know uh, you know entertainment where where you have the eye candy. I mean, how many? I've never seen so many women uh, in in the sport. Not that I'm against it. It's just like as long as they're knowledgeable of the sport, I'm okay. But when they're just there, you know, flattering, fluttering their eyes and looking good, and they're asking the stupidest questions you've ever heard, I, I just you know I, I just don't get it. But uh, uh, one last thing, Manny Pacquiao. Signed, sealed, and delivered to fight Keith Thurman in July, July 20th. It's going to be a pay-per-view. Um, what's your thoughts? I'm, I, I'm excited. I, I'm a little surprised that Thurman, um, I guess, stepped up for this. Uh, even though Manny Pacquiao's best days are far in the rearview mirror, I think he has shown us that there's still, there's, there's still some semblance of what he once was. Um, and I think Keith Thurman has been dreadfully inactive. I, I think he, uh, you know, he won versus Jose Sute Lopez in that comeback. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he didn't look sensational. Uh, he looked rusty. Um, I, I don't know. I don't mind that fight. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, 
I don't think that I don't know. I'd rather see um, Pacquiao Thurman than Pacquiao Crawford because Crawford, I think, would take Pacquiao out and um, that Bru- would brutally. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, Thurman uh, Thurman hits hard, but I think Pacquiao still can give him lots of angles and is fast enough to dazzle uh, Keith Thurman. And that might be cool to watch. Um, maybe that maybe that's what you guys were talking earlier because I saw Coach mention uh, make a Pacquiao Archie Moore comparison. Uh, that would certainly be if uh, Pacquiao beats Thurman. Uh, that would be impressive at this stage of his game, and I think it's doable. You know the the the, the bottom line uh, as we go here. The bottom line is, in my opinion, Manny Pacquiao proves that you know he challenges himself the all the great fighters in the history of the sport of boxing have challenged themselves or they try to do something outside the box you know uh try to win is sugar ray robinson trying to win the light heavyweight title you know uh even uh roy jones jr uh winning the, the heavyweight title i mean all the great great fighters do that and Manny Pacquiao is proving that he's still up for challenges. A guy pushing 40, Absolutely. fighting a Keith Thurman. And this is why, I mean, I hate to bring him up because not only do I hate to bring him up, but I just don't like him. But I, this is why at the end of the day, even even if, if Pacquiao should lose against Thurman, I think when it's all said and done, as an all-time great, he's going to fall, at least on my pound, uh, all-time great pound-for-pound pound list, that he's going to fall higher than Floyd, because Floyd, when he was Pretty Boy Floyd, if he if Floyd Mayweather fought the way he fought as Pretty Boy Floyd through his whole career, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Floyd Mayweather would be hands down one of the best fighters ever. But because he took that safety first approach and calculated risk approach and cherry picking approach and picking names after they're well past their prime, how can you compare the two? When Manny Pacquiao is going after arguably one of the top uh, three welterweights in the world today, and you know uh, we'll have more discussion after July twentieth, but uh, but I like this fight for Pacquiao. I think his hand speed and angles and the susceptibility that uh, Keith Thurman has shown us getting rocked by Josito Lopez and the fight before that he was in some serious trouble. Um, I, I don't. I, I can't see him. Uh, taking a, 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 a Manny Pacquiao that you know is going to be up for this fight. Yeah, I think Manny, you know, I mean, it could happen in the sense that a, a guy like Mike, uh, like Manny Pacquiao with so much mileage on him, uh, he could come up those steps and have nothing, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, uh, you know, of course, even Sugar Ray Leonard had, you know, the KO loss to Hector Camacho, uh, this is, I think, in a, in a way, uh, this is probably not a bigger challenge. Maybe in some ways that, well, that's, I don't know. This is a comparable challenge, but I think um, uh, Pacquiao beats him. I, I would say Pacquiao by decision. That's my early pick. The more I, I'll think about it more as we get closer, but I like that fight for Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao wanted me to tell you that uh, he basically he said, I don't know, Alex. I, 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 am gonna win by KO. That's that's what I'm gonna do, and 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 start singing again. That, he said, that's what imagine all. Yeah, the people. imagine all the people, Alex. I appreciate it, and uh, we we look we look forward to the next trip together. Uh, maybe we'll spend a little more time.
But uh, but in any event, <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, and we'll look forward to you next week, brother. All right, Billy C. Take care. Thanks. That's uh, Alex Papali uh, giving us his thoughts, and uh, uh, we had a great time in uh, in Vegas, and we hope that uh, we do it again uh, soon. So, uh, uh, in any event, um, I want to give uh, I want to give uh, a shout out to my man uh, uh, Johnston, uh, and uh, especially I want to say, hey, Louie, what's up, my man? Uh, he wanted us to uh, say hi to Louie. Uh, that's his son. So, uh, uh, hey, Louie. Uh, I'm glad uh, I'm glad Pops got you into boxing uh, so early on. But, uh, hey, remember Emily Harney? Uh, she was part of this show for the longest time and uh, uh, took a little hiatus. Well, she's going to be back. We're going to be uh, uh, getting Emily back on the show and um, uh, starting next week. So uh, be looking for Emily Harney. She's uh, boxing's best photographer. And uh, we love Emily, and uh, we got to see her out in Vegas, and she said she's got the time, so we're going to take advantage and have Emily join us on Sunday mornings. I got some emails to read. Uh, So first and foremost, we got one from Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C., first, uh, best wishes for Sal. We're all supporting him, uh, wishing him positive thoughts throughout his situation. Sal, we're thinking of you. I appreciate that, Jess, and uh, I talk to Sal. I try to every day. And uh, he sounded great this morning, uh, so uh, we're in his corner. Look, look, look for Sal to win by a late round TKO. Uh, he says, "I, I want to see Canelo against Callum Smith next. If not, then David Lemieux uh, to possibly prepare him for a Triple G trilogy." Uh, as far as Jacobs is concerned, I'd like to see him fight Billy Joe Saunders or David Benavitez. Um, you know, I, I think. Daniel Jacobs needs to change his trainer, and a uh, Billy Joe Saunders fight would be great. I also think a David Lemieux fight would be great. I don't think David Lemieux deserves a fight with Canelo right now. David Lemieux can't make weight. Um, you know, he's uh, was going to fight uh, at super middleweight in his last fight and uh, got hurt or whatever. He was supposed to be on the card, as a matter of fact, uh, but uh, wasn't. I think David Lemieux needs to... Um, dedicate himself, rededicate himself back to the sport. Uh, as far as uh, Daniel Jacobs against da- David Benavidez, I like the fight in terms of uh, Jacobs' skill set, and he is a big guy, but Benavidez is a monster. Uh, I-, I don't know. I like Billy Joe Saunders against Canelo or Billy Joe Saunders against Jacobs or Billy Joe Saunders against Triple G. Bottom line, Billy Joe Saunders against one of those three. Uh, he says, uh, Billy, is Virgil Ortiz re- really... Uh, take the fight on Dallas, which I believe might be uh, Maurice Hooker in June or late May. He said something about it uh, in Dallas, which is uh, Hooker's hometown. Is he being pushed because of Tiafimo uh, Lopez or Ryan Garcia and Javante Davis? Uh, are they all being pushed by promoters and their people? Um, you know, it's funny. I, if, if you guys watched... Uh, the Vegas event that we did. And if not, it's it's up uh, on uh, YouTube. It's also up on the uh, uh, Billy C. Boxing channel. Um, I think it airs on uh, Saturdays, uh, late Saturday night. On, uh, it's scheduled to air, air late Saturday night on the channel. Um, but uh, you can watch it anytime on, up on YouTube. But, you know, I, I was shocked when Sugar Ray, I asked Sugar Ray Leonard about that about fighters 
um, you know, being overprotected, and then they all of a sudden get the big fight, and uh, you know, is it is it, and, and they lose, and they're not ready, and and I basically I blame it on the fact that they weren't given a, an opportunity to uh, uh, to improve, you know, and I was shocked at his, uh, 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 you know, uh, his answer. He said that he feels that uh, with when a young fighter has the ability that it really doesn't matter. And I was shocked. I even asked him the question again. I worded it differently, and his answer was the same. He said, I know what you're asking me, uh, dummy, basically, but he said it. he's a much nicer guy. And, uh, you know, bottom line is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I, I got some disagreement with my uh, opinion on, on the Floyd versus uh, Manny resume in the chat room on uh, in YouTube. Uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, is you, you can't... Listen, Floyd's a great fighter. And as Pretty Boy Floyd, he was an exciting fighter. Uh, but as Floyd Money Mayweather, not so much. And his resume is nowhere near as impressive... Uh, as uh, as Manny Pacquiao, and uh, my man At said, uh, "Well, he beat Canelo in his prime. Well, Canelo was just learning how to fight. Canelo benefited more from that fight. Do you see Floyd talking about fighting anybody like of uh, the likes of a Keith Thurman or or a Canelo Alvarez or anybody that's in the discussion today? Uh, no, no. You see him uh, maybe having a rematch with McGregor." I would have liked to have seen the rematch with, with uh, Floyd and Manny. I don't think Floyd can beat Manny right now. I really don't. Um, so, whatever. I just hope that Floyd stays retired. That's all. And then let the uh, discussions uh, be maintained. Um, to continue with the emails, Jesse says, uh, My pick is Hurd winning a split decision over Williams. Well, you were wrong about that. He says, Burlchent knocking out uh, Stoppin' Vargas. You were right about that. And Navaretti over Dogby, close fight. Well, you were right about who won, but it wasn't close. Uh, Navaretti beat the snot out of Dogby. Uh, he says, also, Billy, uh, you had some great questions for Oscar De La Hoya and Ryan Garcia. You guys did excellent in Vegas. The tough questions, and it was good to mention that Canelo doesn't punch well on the move. Thanks, well, thank you for noticing that, Jess, and uh, to everybody out there, if you, you didn't catch our uh, Vegas uh, uh, show, definitely go up on YouTube and, uh, and watch it. It's, uh, I, think, I think we kept the camera rolling three, over three hours. Uh, it's uh, a lot of thoughts on the fight, uh, some interviews with some great people. I gave a view of the setup. Uh, it was uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, this is from uh, uh, my man, Henry, haven't heard from him in a while. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., best fight of the year so far. What do you think? He's referring to Hurd and uh, J-Rock Williams. Man, what a great display by Julian Williams. Great inside boxing and a good game plan. I agree with Henry 100%. Uh, Julian uh, K-Rock Williams had a great game plan and executed it to the T and was extremely accurate. And the inside fighting won him the fight. Those uppercuts were killing Hurt. They really were. He says, Jared Hurd had no head movement at all, and it was just target practice. Um, his corner was begging him for head movement. But like I said earlier, Henry, 
Um, I'm not so sure Jared Hurd has the boxing skill set. I think he's got a granite chin, and he's a big, huge guy with power. Uh, his opponents get tired on him, and then he goes in for the kill. I don't recall him really uh, displaying anything of the sweet science, but that's just my opinion. Um, he says, uh, why didn't Hurd use his height and reach? He was taking too much punishment. Um, you know, you wonder why. I, I think that he, you know, fighters get used to their success. What I mean by that is like Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is a fighter that wins by knockout. So when he's in trouble, he's always going to go for the knockout. He's always going to hope that he can rely on his power punch. Well, Jared Hurd, a similar fighter. This is a guy that, um, you know, uh, his opponents get worn down on him, and then he goes in for the kill. I just think that he was going to what it comes naturally to him. Uh, he says, uh, what's going on at 154? Uh, Charlo, now Hurd. As a taller fighter, Hurd was fighting inside. Is not the way to go. It was really he was at a disadvantage. He needed to be more on the outside, and his corner was awful. So, how do you feel about the rematch? Can Hurd uh, regain his belts back, or do you think that uh, Williams has his number? Um, I think he can gain his regain his belts back. I think if he takes the fight, I, I, listen. I have a feeling Jared Hurd didn't take this fight serious. Uh, I saw him in Vegas. He was having a great time. So. Uh, I, I think the rematch might be different. Uh, he says, uh, "How do you?" Uh, he says, uh, uh, "Can you touch on the passing of the best heavyweight content, one of the best heavyweight contenders in Burke Cooper, Cooper from Philly, and the loss of Harold Letterman, who I uh, will miss very much." I would say, he, "I was sad to hear both of them passing back to back." We talked about that earlier on. Thanks for the email, Henry. Uh, we were talking about that fight early on, and um, you know. Uh, not the fight, the uh, passing of Burr Cooper and uh, Harold Letterman. Uh, Burr Cooper, uh, I almost had him on a fight card of ours one time at the end of his career. Um, clearly a, uh, a, a tough contender, uh, fought for the title several times, came up short. Uh, boxing has lost uh, a great uh, uh, contender. Like Dak said, I, I too was a little shocked that he was only 53. And Harold Letterman, that's a personal loss for me. Um, he uh, he was a great guy, and uh, I got to uh, um, know him very well, and uh, I was surprised uh, to hear that. So, yeah, boxing lost uh, two good ones for sure. Um, we got another email. This is from my man uh, John, and uh, John says, Hey, Billy C., in the run-up to Wilder versus Brazil, I've watched all of Deontay Wilder's knockouts, and I would like your take on Deontay's power. Uh, after he fights Brazil, we should get another interesting insight into how good Wilder's power is. I personally believe that whilst he clearly has the knockout power, uh, his power is massively overhyped. I will outline why, and I'd be interested in your view. Point one, Wilder has portrayed as having a number one quitter hitter. The only opponent who Wilder hit and knocked out with one punch is Artur Spitzka, an opponent who previously had been knocked out by Bryant Jennings, a boxer not noted for his power. Uh, all the other title defenses he has had, which ended in knockout, Wilder needed an accumulation of punches. Um, okay, that's an interesting point, but a knockout's a knockout. The thing about Wilder is accumulation of punches. One of my knocks on Wilder is he's not accurate. 
So if he can accumulate power punches on an opponent and get the stoppage, that's got to be worth something. Uh, he says, number two, Wilder's level of opposition has not been at a level where you could claim he was the most devastating, has the most devastating right hand in, in the sport. Most of the fighters he's defended his title against are ranked uh, by uh, outside the top 20. Any top heavyweight, any top 10 heavyweight who's considered to be a puncher should be able to knock out fighters outside the top 20 with ease. This is true. There's only two big fights uh, that he had against quality opposition, uh, Luis Ortiz and Tyson Fury. The rest are all bums, bum squat. Uh, and point three, all the Wilder's opponents who he has defended his titles against have been knocked out quicker by other heavyweights. He says, whilst Wilder clearly isn't having the knockout power, I don't necessarily believe his pun he punches harder than AJ. Povetkin or even Klitschko or Dillian White, all notable punches that has either similar or less power than these fighters. He's saying that Wilder does. Uh, I have listed his world title defenses and results below and compared it to Joshua's record and included the results and the world ranking of the opponent to illustrate my points. I've also listed the opponents who have been knocked out quicker by other fighters. I look forward to your thoughts. Um, you know, uh, Tyson Fury, um, a draw. Luis Ortiz, the 10th round knockout. Stavern, uh was 38. Uh, first round knockout, Washington, 34. Fifth round stoppage, Chris Ariola 39. Hey, I saw Chris Ariola in Vegas. He looked great. Um, I can't wait to see him. Uh, Spitzker, I give him credit for knocking out Spitzker. Spitzker was on his way up. Um, and then uh, he, he shows the, the opponents for AJ. Um, the, the biggest uh, knockout, impressive knockout for Anthony Joshua to date, aside from Vladimir Klitschko, uh, had to be Alexander Povetkin. Uh, and, you know, you got Povetkin, Parker, uh, Klitschko, uh, Dominic Brazil, you know, uh, all wins for AJ. And the two big names on uh, uh, Wilder's record is Ortiz and, and, uh, and Tyson Fury. Um, you know, I, I think all that, that Tyson Fury has, and this is a great segue, um, bottom line, Jonathan, time will tell. Let's see how he does against Brazil, and I'm going to break down and give my predictions about that fight right now. Uh, but, you know, in a nutshell, I, I, I maintain my, my opinion of Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is a power puncher. There's no question about it. He's got power. I mean, you know, is he? does he have Mike Tyson power? You know, a young Mike Tyson. Uh, I, I don't know, but but you know, he clearly has punching power. Um, he goes to it whenever uh, he needs to, um, and it, it works. You know, so uh, the bottom line is that um, you know he's uh, he, he he's a he's a power puncher. I mean, it's the bottom line. You got to give him credit for that. Now, my knock on him. He just doesn't possess anything else. Uh, he doesn't have movement. Uh, he, he, he displayed a really good jab in the first Stavern fight, but I've yet to see a jab come from this guy again. When he gets in trouble, he goes for the knockout. In his fight against Luis Ortiz, he was rocked savagely in that fight. Stayed on his feet. But what did he do? Aimlessly try to connect with Luis Ortiz, and he did, and he won the fight. When he dropped and uh, almost killed Tyson Fury in the last round of their fight, 
you know, once again, uh, he came from behind. There was no way he won that fight. The two rounds in which he knocked down uh, Tyson Fury were the only two rounds you can make a case for that he won. Maybe give him one other round. Every other round was won by Tyson Fury. You know, how that fight ended up as a draw is, is, is a shame. You know, um, Deontay Wilder's resume, yeah, I give him credit for Tor Spitzker. I give him credit for Luis Ortiz. And I give him credit for at least stealing a draw from Tyson Fury. You know, but the truth of the matter is, is this guy has not displayed any kind of uh, boxing skill. Now, let's put him in um, with uh, Dominic Brazil, which is next week's fights. That We'll be talking about that next week. Um, Deontay Wilder. Uh, you know he's uh, ranked number two in the world uh, by the computer, six foot seven, uh, eighty-three inch reach. He's got uh, forty wins, thirty-nine coming by knockout. He's got a draw. He's fought one hundred and thirty-five rounds in his career, and he's got a ninety-five uh, percent knockout ratio. Uh, last fight, which was in December uh, of last year against Tyson Fury, we all know it was a draw. Uh, many of us believe most people that have ever that know the difference between a, a left hook and a fish hook uh, thinks Tyson Fury won that fight. Uh, his fight against Luis Ortiz was uh, an exciting fight. Um, I give him lots of credit for that. And um, you know his two fights with Stavern, the first one, I, everyone gave him credit because we thought Stavern was decent. Uh, but then we learned not so much. Uh, his win over uh, Chris Ariola, uh, you know, I mean, listen, you can uh, say what you want if you're a Deontay Wilder fan, uh, but he has not fought anybody. Um, but nonetheless, 40 wins, 39 by knockout, one draw. It's impressive. He steps in the ring with Dominic Brazil. Uh, both of these guys, by the way, uh, Olympians, uh, I believe they both got bronze medals. Um, Dominic Brazil, uh, you know, he might have gotten a silver. Nah, nah, I, you know what? Brazil may have not have gotten a medal. Um, Brazil uh, is the same height, uh, six foot seven. He's got an inch and a half shorter reach at 81 and a half versus 83. Uh, he is uh, ranked number 11 uh, in the world at heavyweight by the computer he's 20 wins 18 by knockouts he's only lost once in which he was stopped and that was at the hands of anthony joshua um you know 86 percent knockout ratio um less than 100 rounds of uh professional boxing under his belt 86 um he's got some similar uh opponents um as uh deontay wilder uh, eric molina being one of them uh, he also has a win over Darren Vargas uh, and um, uh, Fred Cassie. I mention that because there was a time when everyone thought uh, Fred Cassie was uh, going to be the next uh, big uh, fighter. He also beat Amir Mansoor. I believe that that was the fight that Mansoor was winning. And then all of a sudden, I think, I'm pretty sure that was the fight where um, Dominic Brazil landed a shot and caused um, Amir Mansour to, to bite through his tongue, right through his tongue, with the mouthpiece in. And he had to quit on his stool. And his trainer was questioning it. Man, I just recently bit my tongue while I was eating a, while I was slobbingly eating a sandwich. And uh, 
it still hurts. If you if you hear me today stumbling with words, it's because of that. And I and and I certainly didn't put it right through my tongue. So I, that's painful, man. Um, Dominic Brazil is a stand-up fighter. Stands up straight. Um, he's not the fastest, and he doesn't have a great defense. He's got some pop, and he's got a great chin. Um, he honestly does not like uh, Wilder. There was an incident with the two camps at, at a, a hotel a pre, uh, for uh, a prior to a fight that they were both on the card for. Um, but at the end of the day, as much as I would like to see Dominic Brazil pull a J-Rock Williams, which some people believe can happen, um, I think that um, Brazil is actually tailor-made for Deontay Wilder. Now, don't get me wrong. Deontay Wilder is giving up probably 30 pounds in this fight. And Brazil, if he can withstand the punching power, he does have better boxing skill. It's just that he's pretty slow, and he's going to have to catch Wilder and catch him with like a power shot that just knocks him out. Um, but uh, I'll be rooting for Brazil because I'm not too pleased with uh, Deontay Wilder. Uh, but, uh, but I'm officially predicting... Deontay Wilder uh, by stoppage. And it's going to uh, set up a, a, a fight, and hopefully uh, we will see Anthony Joshua fight uh, Deontay Wilder. But quite honestly, Deontay Wilder um, is running out of options. Now, keep in mind, Deontay Wilder knocked out Dominic Brazil in seven rounds. Uh, that was when it was stopped. So I think I agree with Dax that uh, Deontay Wilder is going to be looking to stop Brazil quicker than seven rounds. I think Brazil might know this and be ready for it. Look for a decent fight. Look for a decent fight. And then when it's over, look for uh, Deontay Wilder to, to tell you that everybody on the planet is ducking him. Overrated fighter. Can't wait for him to get back in the ring with Fury or uh, have the you-know-what's enough to get in the ring with Anthony Joshua but Feist, we're going to have to wait to see him fight Dominic Brazil uh, this upcoming weekend. We will be talking about that fight next time. And speaking of next time, make sure you tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.